As a lot of you guys know, my daily driver is a 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport. It's about time I put some money into it. Can't just drive the NSX around all the time looking nice. Want to get some wheels? For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need for a custom look and added functionality. I was talking about a wheel and tire package. Head over and use their configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them at 4Wheel Online. That's 4Wheel, singular, online. This is the Hard Parking Podcast, Other Side of the Wheel, brought to you by Wright Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning. Finally have an in-studio guest. Byron is with us today. Say what's up. What's up? There he is. So I just got back from Florida. You probably, if you've seen it on social media, kind of did a family trip. But I had a, an interesting observation, and this isn't my observation of the week. We're going to get into the actual random thought of the week after we get into Byron's segment because he's here in studio for the AZ Ride of the Week. But I guess this is like a bonus observation. We're in Miami Beach, and a lot of slingshots. You know the slingshots, the little three-wheel things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Brothers love the slingshots. You know, because you can rent them, and you can kind of tell when somebody rent it, you know, somebody rents one. Usually when you, and I can see Miami, you rent a slingshot. It's kind of dope, right? But, man, the brothers love the slingshots, man. They're rolling by looking like, Freaking, I don't know, like a, like a hip-hop star. Just bump the music and the people riding and just partying. It's like, you know you have a, you know you rented that, right? You probably rented right, it. Right, right. You're going to get back in your Toyota Tracel when you're done with vacation and go home. But what are your thoughts on the slingshots? So a neighbor down the street from me actually had one at one point. I don't know if it was hers or her boyfriend's or what, but had one um, and and I got a chance to ride it in once. And I actually, uh, I was in Vegas one time and the people I was with, they rented one. So I got a chance to ride in it. It's a flex, I guess, but it's, A, it's not that fast, which is surprisingly like it's not, you would think it's much quicker than it is. Um, For something called a slingshot? Yeah. And it's not very comfortable. And maybe this is like a you know a twenty five year old me I'm sure will love it. The old crotchety thirty three year old me is like, eh, yeah, give me something comfortable. I'm I'm good. But yeah, I've definitely seen what you're talking about. I mean, even you know back when I lived in Atlanta, I would see all the time people rent something, some nice, and just flex hard. Yeah, with they it. go and down they go down the Ave, the main strip. It's like you know you rented that car, right? I mean, it's cool. But you're not impressing anybody. Right, right. Well, I mean, I even seen things. I'm going to deviate a little bit, but you'll get the point. Uh, back when I so I went to Morehouse, and so Spelman's right across the street from us, which is all-women's uh, college. Cats used to go there, and they'd rent the Bentley or whatever. And it used to be funny because you would still see the rental company sticker right, on the right. car and be just flexing it. But you could even tell it wasn't theirs, even if it wasn't a sticker, because just all wrong. Like, you don't pull up in a Bentley and, like, you know, smell like weed in the car, and it's just, like, just 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 riding it wrong. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Like, you know. So I say that to say, in the yeah, you see the guys in the slingshots, and it's like, I'm not knocking you. Have fun. You renting it. You right. enjoying Miami. You know, city boys up. You know, do your thing, right? But, right. yeah, it, it's uh, pretty funny when they're trying to, like, impress people with something that they don't own. Right, exactly. It's it's a thing, and you know what? I think I don't. I think slingshots are kind of cool. I actually saw a few that had like hard tops, 
Like I've you never know, seen how, a hard you, top how you can put a hard top on like a like an S two thousand. Yeah, I saw a few of this last week. I've never seen that. Yeah. I've only seen them open top. Yep, and so it kind of made sense a little bit, especially there with the rain. Which uh, honestly, if I rented one, I'd probably get that one just because I hate the sun. In honestly, my face. a hard top one would be pretty cool. And again, they could st- to me they extend to have a little bit more power, but I mean maybe that's not the point of it. I think the the one thing that can make them even more cool is if they had four wheels. Because then it's almost like this like Batman-looking, low-to-the-ground, two-seater. They put four wheels on that thing. At that point, I need to just mount like a, a plush like turtle shell on the back, and I'm going full Mario Kart with it. <laughs> yeah, or a cannon. That's like the ultimate go-kart. <laughs> yeah, I could see those. I could see those, something like this. So, yeah, that was kind of like, I kind of snickered because, you know, they'll go by and just like, I don't know. I like to rent the nicest car I can when I'm on vacation for comfort and to try something new, never to flex because at the end of the day, I'm in a rental and people know I'm in a rental. <laughs> so you might as well get something you're going to have fun with, but you don't have to flex in it. But you know what? These dudes are like grown too, but I can see early twenties, you're partying. Cause we also, what we also did is we had, we, the family, we had rented a yacht for the day and it's the same deal. So That's we, pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, it was like a 75-foot yacht. Maybe it was 45-foot. <laughs> like, there's, there's a difference. Maybe 75-foot yacht. I don't know. It was pretty big. It had like a little thing. Difference. Yeah, I mean, there was like 12 of us, which included kids. And um, we pulled up to like a hotel, and there's a ton of yachts. It's like a taxiway. There's, everybody's ready for their yacht to show up, and they got their food and their drinks. And where is this? Miami. You, okay, this is also in Miami. Okay. Yeah, this is in Miami. And we all went to this little area and everybody's like every boat that we had seen when we were getting on, all those people we saw also in that little area. So it was kind of like, this is cool. But it was the same deal. The boats were going by and you'd have all these like teenagers just dancing and living La Vida Loca and just having a great time. You're like, you know, that's not your yacht. And have your, have your good time, but you don't have to flex and twerk on people because... When this rental's mm, over, you're going back to work. I'm going to say the yacht's probably a little different. I mean, that's an ex, that's more an experience. And, you know, 99% of the population, that's not going to be their yacht. Plus, for 99% of the population, if you did buy a boat, your second happiest day of your life is going to be when you sell a damn thing. So... I would say that's a little bit different. I would, and I would maybe, I would maybe ball out a little bit on that. I, I maybe flex a little bit more there, because okay, it's a boat, we're on the water, we got music, and it's like obviously yes, it's not mine, but you know we're here for the experience. It's not really about owning it. Whereas like with cars, slingshots, things like that, to me, it, they're they're more status symbols like that. You feel me? Because everybody has a car, but not everybody has a nice car. Literally, yeah. no one has a yacht, you know, except. Someone who's a millionaire or, you know, multimillionaire, I right. should even say. Yeah. So what I'm re- more referring to is once the boats come by the area where you pick people up, people are like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just show them what we got. And, and there's literally like 15, 20, 18 to 22 year old chicks already drunk off their ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look, have a good time. It's it's just like having the, the bastard or the, um, the bachelorette. You know, people go by when you're in downtown Scottsdale, and you can yeah. tell they're out for the night, and they're oh, just, yeah. they're just yeah. wilding out. Yeah, just having a good time, like, yeah. Have your good time. You're not impressing me, but have a great time. Because we're the same. We went on the boat, but we were just kind of chilling. Right. We, and we loved it, you know? But it's a, I think it's more of an age thing than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an age thing. Because, I mean, me right now, I'd be like you, you know, out with my wife, and you know, on the boat, kids playing, and I'm just chilling, sit back with a nice drink or whatever. Me at 25, 24, 23, yeah, I'm probably going to be wilding. Woo! 
right. look at us. Woo. White Claw. <laughs> nah, we drank a little bit heavier than that. Um, I knew about Everclear way before I knew about uh, some of the little spritzy stuff. Well, we had a good time. So let's jump into the Arizona Ride of the Week segment. That's why you're here. You are yeah. the Arizona Ride of the Week. Oh, by the way, yeah, this is Byron, as he said earlier. So he was in the Student Loan Forgiveness episode part one, which people love that episode. Oh, nice to know. Nice to know. I figured I annoyed everybody. <laughs> So here we are a month or two later, and I still haven't had my money forgiven, but they have given out a few trillion dollars to people who have gone out and bought guns instead of spent the money on their bills. Well, yeah, we all knew that was going to happen. We knew, yeah. Yeah, I, there's no quick fix, but. You cut people a check, they're never going to be responsible with it. But anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss today. That's right. All right, so it's time for Arizona Ride of the Week, sponsored by Higher Quality Detail out of Tempe, Arizona. They specialize in premium vehicle protection solutions and cosmetic customizations as your one-stop shop, ranging from basic detailing options through ceramic coating, paint correction, protection films, and more. Visit Ceramic Pro Arizona, one word, on Instagram, or Higher Quality Detail. That's H-Y-E-R, also one word. Start looking your best today. So what are, you, what are you rolling? Why are you here? Why do you, what is it you want to tell us so badly about, Byron? <laughs> uh, so my ride is a, uh, it's a 2009 uh, uh, Mercedes. It's a C63 AMG. Uh, for those who are in the know, it's the W204 body. Um, they made that from 2008 all the way to, I want to say, 2014, 13 or 14, one of them. It's powered by the, uh, the 6.2 liter uh, M156 V8. From the factory, it's about 450 horse at the crank, high threes at the wheels, and, you know, really good car uh, for those of you who were fans of Top Gear, the Top Gear team, Clarkson, May and Hammond. Uh, uh, they did a comparison way back when of the C63 versus the uh, BMW M3 versus the Audi. I think it was the RS4, or the S4, one, one of the two Audis. And um, Clarkson himself said the C63 was absolutely brilliant. For me, I was in college when that show aired, when that episode aired, and I just thought that was like the perfect car for me. So I told myself that I was like, one day I'm going to get one. And I uh, bought this particular one in 2016 after uh, me and my then girlfriend uh, closed on our second home. That was kind of like my birthday gift slash congrats gift to myself. And uh, I was planning on maybe selling it after like maybe a year or two of ownership. And I fell in love with the thing and I still got it to this day. So have you done anything to it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like not nothing too much visually. Um, I'm still contemplating doing a wrap and, and some other stuff to it. Uh, but but so far on, on the outside, uh, I just did the the stereotypical carbon fiber, well, fake carbon fiber, uh, like front lip, and um, I did the rear diffuser and, and the rear spoiler. Uh, I actually did initially buy a real carbon fiber front lip, but that car sits kind of low in the way my driveway was. I didn't want to scratch it up, so I ended up canceling my order on the real one, and I got like this fake one that looks identical, and um, yes, I've pretty much have scratched the bottom of that thing up, but you can't tell, and actually I uh, I did a track day with, uh, with NASA Arizona. We were out at Arizona Motorsports Park, and I um, got a little bit too overzealous on one of the little you know, the little white and I forget what they call them, but the white and red uh, little running boards Yeah, and scraped the, and scraped it up on that. So, again, had I had my real carbon fiber one, I probably would have cracked the thing by now. So, you know, definitely happy to go with the cheap plastic stuff. Um, and and uh, other than that, car looks good. Under the hood, I did just kind of the basic mods that most people who buy those cars do. They, they There's a particular they call them. ROW air boxes, rest of the world air boxes. The ones sold in the States, they had like this charcoal filter in them that was more restrictive to the airflow. The ones they sold everywhere else on the planet didn't have that. So by itself, it doesn't do a whole lot. You get a little bit more induction noise, but once you start doing some other mods to it, that's where you, they kind of have the benefit. 
Um, you know, high flow filters are the big thing. Uh, I did the uh, long tube headers. Uh, so now the cold start on that car is like ridiculously loud. Then after that, it's it like an explosion, out. right? Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, it is an explosion. I'll um, I'll have to I'll have to bring you by the house one one day so you can hear. But it's an explosion. Well, you um, moved to Queen Creek and that's like an, <laughs> that's that's far. Well, yeah, you know, but I needed space to store all five of my cars at this point. So, yeah, I kind of have problems. Sounds very first world problem. Right. Yeah. Although most of them are pieces of crap, to be fair. <laughs> So what would you do to your car? I mean, are you done with it? I mean, what, what's next with your with this car? Like, what are your goals? I go back and forth with it. Um, you know, I just hit my power goal. Uh, uh, so so with the long tube headers, um, and I got it tuned o- over at Dino Comp. So you know, shout out to the to the team at Dino Comp for taking care of me and taking care of a lot of our other uh, group members uh, in Arizona AMG Club. The car is making a consistent about five hundred at the wheels, and the torque is kind of right there with it. So it's it, it moves. It gets out of its own way uh, to, to make any more power out of it. I'd have to supercharge it, which I'm not. That's not a route I'm going down. Um, so my, I mean, my next move for at some point, I want to get a wrap. I uh, need some paint correction in the front. So I'll probably get the paint corrected and then do a wrap on it. I just haven't decided how far I want to go. And I still go back and forth on. Do I just want to keep it as a nice street driver? Or do I want to kind of like strip it out and make it like a autocross car? You know, I'm not going to say dedicated track car, but like autocross, something like that. So I'm playing with both of those ideas. Um, it's up there in mileage, but for the year, not really. It's an 09, but it has like 81,000 miles on it. So high miles, but then not really given its age. And yeah, you know, it's an old German V8. So breaking things could be expensive. So that's why I say I'm still going back and forth on what I inevitably want it to be. I don't know, man. That's a that's a pretty bitching car. Like I, and it's super clean and classy the way it looks. I don't know if if anything, like if that was my car, I don't know if I'd do anything more than maybe wheels. If that, like some cars are just nice the way they come. Yeah, yeah, right? I and feel that's you. definitely one I of them. You. And that's my struggle. It's like I like the way it looks. It's classy, you know. I so I'm not sure kind of what direction I want to go because it's actually surprisingly competent on the track. I mean, um, it, you know, it handles really well. Biggest weakness is um, it's really front heavy and like almost half of the motor sits over the front axle. So if you're going fast and you have to brake hard for a turn, I mean, you are cooking your brakes. Um, so that was that like a bad understeer because of that. Uh, believe it or not, no, but, but it'll snap oversteer like crazy. Oh, so that, that back in around real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That actually happened to me at, at amp. I was trying to keep up actually with a buddy of mine who has the E90 M3. So like my car's direct competitor and on the straights, I mean, I'm, you know, I could, I'll wash them on the straights. It's no problem. But as soon as we hit those corners, I was trying to turn with them and I'm understeering, understeering. So then I try to like, I try to give it a little bit more, you know, gas to kind of get, sure. to get some more turn angle yeah. to keep up with them. And overcooked it and spun, and I was off in the dirt. For for everybody who's who's familiar with AMP, uh, uh, your listeners, they have this straight, and it goes into like this long, like right hand. It, it's not a corner as much as it's like a sweeper, so you can carry a lot of speed through it. But if you miss the entrance, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna understeer out, and you're gonna be off into the dirt. And so I was trying to get more angle, and just it didn't didn't work out. But uh, overall, still a fun time. Oh, and the car needs a transmission cooler. The Black Series AMG cars. They came with a transmission cooler, and those cars are actually kind of as track-ready as they're going to be out the factory. My car, not so much. Um, it has the performance package, though, so it has the limited slip diff and all that, which, again, for those not as, as familiar with AMG, 
the C63s and the E63s, they have the quote unquote regular cars, which come open diff um, and they have the single piece uh, uh, rotors. And then the P30 or P31 cars, um, those are the performance pack cars. LSD, they have a two-piece rotor, which I think two-piece rotor just means now you have to pay $1,000 for rotors versus a couple hundred. But, I mean, they supposedly handle better. I've never been on track with another one to confirm that, though. Why don't you get, like, an old BMW, something that costs less that you can just rip up at the track? I've thought about it. Um, I, uh, I mean, well, right now, the used car market, everything is super inflated. For a while, yeah. I was looking for an S2K, you know, I was because I, I was telling you earlier, I want to kind of, uh, I want my next car to be, I want my next performance car to be something Japanese. I've done American, I've done German, I kind of want to do Japanese. Think about an S2K, you know, one with 140,000 miles and that's beat the crap, you know, people want 20 grand for it. So it's like, you know, okay, well, I'm not really trying to spend that much for that. So I'm going back and forth. I don't know what the next car is going to be, if I'm honest. Why don't you get like a Miata? Everyone says that, and that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Don't settle, Byron. Don't settle. I mean, there's a lot of value in knowing if I blow the motor on a track, you know, six, seven hundred bucks later, I'm back running. You know, I mean, that's that's a strong value proposition for something that you're going to beat on. So I was on the Horsepower Hour podcast about a month ago. And Andy Imhoff, one of the two, it's Andy Imhoff and, and Coy Sinclair. Andy used to have like a super pimped out. Mazda protege. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do with anything. So, yeah, yeah I, I would imagine that was a lot of fun. I forgot what he, I want to say he has like 600 and some horsepower or something. Out of a Mazda protege? Yep. Out of a Mazda Good protege. Lord. Yeah. So I'll have to go back and check in on that and I'm hoping to have those guys maybe on the podcast pretty soon. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So what, what, what are you doing in the Arizona car scene these days? And like, what are your thoughts of what's going on? Anything or... Where do you see it going? Do you, will it ever recover? Well, these days, you know, so I've been I've been keeping it pretty low key, but just mainly because, you know, like you mentioned with the house move and then just some stuff, I'm, I'm actually uh, taking classes now trying to get my CPA. So I just got a lot of personal stuff going on. So I haven't been able to be as active in cars. I try to keep close. I try to keep tabs on like all my closest friends, you know, like mm-hmm. yourself and others. But in terms of going out to meet and stuff, I just haven't really had the time. Uh, the auto scene as a whole, I mean, it was it's sad to see that the paths are sound. It looks like the paths are finally dead. I don't know if it's coming back. The last episode we had, we talked about that. And Chris Moffat, AZ Stinger, who's basically born and raised in, in the area, it's up to the Indian reservation yeah. out there, and they don't want to do it because it's on their land. And given all the crap that was happening toward the end, it doesn't surprise me. It's like almost every weekend somebody's, you know, yeeting their car into the curb or something. It's only a matter of time if somebody's going to get killed. So it's like it's it's unfortunate what's happening to the auto scene here, especially, you know, you, you're hearing about the takeovers, uh, more people getting caught racing and things like that, because pretty much it's just going to bring more heat down. And I know, you know, I haven't I've only lived here 10 years, but. You know, I know guys who if they wanted to really race, they want to get some real runs and they go out in the middle of nowhere where there's, you know, no one but themselves and they go and run and, you know, have a good time, bet money, whatever. Um, but it's just sad to see that the scene is getting so much heat um, just with everybody who just wants attention. And it's this I mean, I'm not not trying to sound like old man river here, but this like Instagram generation, everything for the clout, you know, everybody, they do these takeovers and they film them and you just see the, the mess that it creates. And it's like, is the clout worth killing it for people who just want to go out and enjoy it? That's one hand. And on the other hand, as you well know, you know, a lot of tracks here are getting shut down. Um, You know, I work in land development, so I tend to 
see a lot of stuff before it's announced. But, um, you know, the racetrack that's up, I think it's Ironwood. Uh, you know, that one, is, it's already been announced. That's going away on uh, that dirt track, which I've gone to a couple races there. Really exciting. Um, so sad to see that go. Why are those going away? I haven't really been keeping up. Oh, okay. Well, uh, basically development. That, mm, that, that's okay. prime land off of Ironwood. Builders yep. want to come in. So land developers are coming in and buying it up. And, you know, from this, from a municipality standpoint, residential and commercial property make them way more money than a racetrack will. So, oh, absolutely. You know, so it's like a racetrack is never going to win that battle. Plus, as everything develops around it, what are people going to do? Noise complaints. So, I mean, it's just every track yeah. in a close to a major metropolitan air, area um, unfortunately, their, their, their days are numbered just as, as, as things grow. Um, I don't know if you heard about uh, Wild Horse Pass, that mm-hmm. raceway. Um, it's not been formally announced yet, but I know uh, the Wild Horse Native American community, they released some plans. And I saw them, I saw them online, and I'll, I'll have to try to find it, and I'll send it to you. But plans for that area that involve expanding the resort. And so that track will be going bye bye. Now, oh, I don't man. know if that's been official. I don't know if that's been filed with the, you know, with the county or anything like that. I don't know where they are in that process. But the fact that plans are out there, that means they're looking at it. So in Wild Horses, like, you know, Speed World died. And um, that's really all we have as yeah. far as. Yeah. Wild I mean, Horses is all a private track. Right. And and, and you still have a, you, you still have Arizona Motorsports Park. But that I mean, I don't know if there's anything going on there, but they're noise restricted track anyway. So like even my car as it currently sits, I don't know if I could go back there without some sort of baffles. Everything um, we do is wild horse pass. Yeah. And then um, everything else is in, you know, you, you, you got Tucson with Indy, which that one's pretty safe. But Indy, ain't, I mean, you can't drag race on it. I mean, that's just like a roll course, fun course, but it's a roll course. And uh and you have Apex Motorsport Park, but that's private, as you know, and you got you yeah, need Indy money. And Apex are private, technically. Yeah, yeah, but at least with at least with Indy, like like NASA Arizona, they go there. So it's like yeah. if you're if you just get or like I think Pro Auto Sports races there too. Sometimes maybe don't quote me on that, but um, I know at I least won't. there's way to get in Apex. From my understanding, uh, if you ain't in that tax bracket or you don't know somebody, you know, good luck, you know. Yeah, it's it definitely looks like it's getting squeezed out. It'll always be there in some capacity. And you had said something earlier about if you want to race somebody, go somewhere quiet. And there's always people who say, take it to the track, you know. But people have been road racing illegally since the 40s and 50s. As long as there's been vehicles, people have been racing out in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, get out of here with that old man. As soon as two cars existed, racing started. Yep. Take it to the track. So, I mean... I understand that and I respect that. I know where they're coming from. I'm not condoning illegal street racing, but if you and I are out there and we're just having some fun during the cruise and there's a long stretch, it's not like, hey, you want to go on three? Nah, man, let's just, let's just wait until the track. You don't, no, that's never going to happen. Right, right, right. We're not talking zigzagging in between traffic and cutting people off and making a dangerous situation. And that's the unfortunate thing. I mean, most, you know, most people who really enjoy it, you know, they are like us. If we're out, nobody around. Okay, yeah, we'll do a pool. You know, I'll probably get gapped by the NSX because I'm pretty sure your car's still faster than mine. But, um, you know, no one around us, right? But for the guys like us, you got the guys who, okay, let me pull out the GoPro. Let me zigzag through traffic. Let me, right. you know, do it on a on a residential street that if somebody pulls out in front of me, they're not a, they're not anticipating a car coming up at 80, 90 miles an hour in a 45. Right. So and then that's where you have the uh, you know, that's, that's where you have the issues. Or let me, you know, go in the middle of Grand Avenue and start doing burnouts. It's like it's that that's what's killing it. You know, you need that Ben Chin money to get out of that shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not in that tax bracket. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, but 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 I do hate to take it to the track argument too because and because it, it's usually said by the same people who okay yeah I'll take it to the track and then they complain and then they make noise complaints about the track. So I'm like okay well now I got to take it back to the street. Thanks. Right. It's time for the random thought of the week. With that being said, and my random thought of this week, and you feel free to weigh in because this is an open discussion type of thing because everybody's felt like this, and I just experienced this in Key West. And I was like, you know what? This is fucked up, and I'm sick of this. Nothing worse than a food truck that doesn't accept credit cards. <laughs> That's my random thought of the week, right? Because it's just like. I agree. I agree. I mean, in this in this day and age, I mean, right. I would be more forgiving maybe a few years back, but in right. this day and age, it's like get Square, get one of those services. Yeah, get they're, all, they're costing sale. their own self money. You yeah, know? get Clover, get Square, get PayPal, get whatever. Like you said, you know, yeah. it's just like cash only. You're losing money by trying to avoid taxes and fees. I, I agree. And honestly, for me, the cash only, I try to keep cash on me, especially when I travel. But because I'm traveling, I never keep a lot on me and I never keep it all on me at once. Like, you know, when we, when, when, when me and my wife leave the country, especially I'll bring cash, but what's in my pocket at any given time is never that much. Yeah. And a food truck comes up and I want to try a bunch of, I might want to try a bunch of things depending on how I'm feeling. Food truck drink, or even, right. even pop-up food tent. When you, like when you go to Barrett Jackson. Yeah. And you're like, man, I want this smoke turkey leg. Cash only. All right. Well, I'm going to go down to the next one that accepts credit cards. I'm going to exactly. buy their turkey leg. Like, exactly. What are we doing here? You know? And plus, if you take credit cards, people have the chance of buying more because they're not limited by what's in their pocket. Right. Mm, so they point. have a chance because I know me, if I'm if I'm in any sort of uh, type of vacation or any sort of like leisurely place, especially if I'm hungry. I'm more willing to try stuff. I'll get my tried and true, but I'm like, yeah, let me try that too. And let me try that too. Right. Right. And if, and if you take credit cards, okay, I can just buy it all. But if you're only take cash, I want to try this, that, and other, but. You just reminded me, yeah, I'll take this. I'll take that. If I have a credit card of getting, I don't know if you ever did this, but I remember like the first credit card I got was like a jewelry store credit card. And they're like, well, you got approved. I want to buy some necklaces and shit. And like when you get a, your 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 pre approved for up to twelve hundred dollars, you're like, damn, I got twelve hundred dollars to spend, and you spend it. You don't say, okay, I'll take that two hundred dollar bracelet. You're like, okay, let me take that, let me take that, take that. Now it's just kind of that weird. is the danger of of credit. People see that high limit. It's like the 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 world opens up for them. My first credit card was a Home Depot credit card, and I think it was about twelve hundred bucks was my limit. And um, I was actually we had just closed on our first house, and I was looking to buy a fridge. Um, and yeah, Home Depot credit card. I'm like, okay, I'll get like a three hundred, four hundred dollar fridge. I didn't know what fridges cost. Got that credit card. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take the, you know, I'll take the six hundred dollar one, which at that time for me was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal for me right now. I think mine was, I want to say Gordon's Jewelers. I don't remember. About a herringbone. About a few herringbones. We're talking nineties here. Yeah. Which yeah. they're back in anyway, but. Thanks for coming by for the Arizona Ride of the Week. It's been nice having you in studio. I always appreciate it, man. Coming up, we're going to get into some car news. Every once in a while, I get an email in my hard parking podcast, just random from like Reddit or something. And I saw an article a couple months ago, and I thought it was new news, but it's not new news. It's kind of old news, but it still blows me away. So in 2013, there was an issue in Michigan regarding lug nuts and tire rotations. And this article is actually on 2019, October. So, yeah, it's a little old. But a Michigan court rules that a tire rotation does not include tightening your lug nuts. I'm sorry, what? Is it not just best practice common sense? 
So if you take my wheels off and you rotate my tires and put my wheels back on, you should you should tighten my lug nuts to spec. Yes. Yes. Right. Initially, the court ruled that the dealer and mechanic had violated the MVSRA, which is the Motor Vehicle Safety and Repair Act. Since the mechanic admitted he forgot to tighten the lug nuts, the jury went ahead and awarded $40,000 in damages and that the dealership cover up to $70,000 in attorney and legal fees. That motion was appealed by the dealership, and the appeals court ruled that the MVSRA had not been violated. While the MVSRA protects drivers from charged for repairs that are in fact not performed, the judges decided the next step was to see if the tire rotation was performed. The word perform is where things get tricky and technical because yes, the rotation was performed, but was it performed correctly? And if you want the exact words, it says right here, we conclude under the plain language of the MCL dot dot, whatever, whatever, that defendants performed a tire rotation, albeit negligently. There's no support for the trial court's determination that a tire rotation is not performed if a service person fails to sufficiently tighten the lug nuts on one tire. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Moving on. So when we got back from Florida, I went to start the old Infinity, and it was dead. Done. And this is the second time in the last three months that the Infinity has just been dead. So both my new car and my old car both have weird little issues that I'm trying to work out. And that's the thing. You buy a used car, you're not quite sure what is going on with it. I took out some extra money to take care of last-minute things or things that may have popped up that weren't fully disclosed. And so it's got some check engine light and crap like that going on. And I don't think it's a big deal. But with the old car, this is the second time, like I said earlier, that the battery's been dead. Like nothing. Nothing. And there were no signs of it dying before. So I went ahead and hooked the battery tender up to it, took, a, took the battery charger off the NSX and put it on the Infinity. And by the end of the day, full charge, not partial, full charge. So I started the car up and I decided to take it into AutoZone down the street because I'm like, look, man, this is crazy. I've owned this thing for eight years and I've never had this issue and we had the issue back to back. Last time it happened, I checked a battery and I just bought the battery last year. So I took it in. The girl comes out and male, female, doesn't matter. And like, look, here's the thing. There's this stigma out there that the people who work at the auto parts stores just don't know anything. And there's a lot of knowledgeable people behind that counter. And I would argue there's people behind that counter that know a hell of a lot more about stuff than I do. Why? Because they're looking at parts all day and they're learning things all day. And I, I know that doesn't necessarily make you smarter, but it does equip you with more knowledge at the end of your fingertips. So the girl comes out to test the battery and we do this thing where she said the battery checks out, the alternator checked out because that's what I was worried about. I thought maybe the alternator was dead, although I didn't have any signs of an alternator dying. Typically you have signs of the alternator dying. And she said the starter checked out fine. So all three things checked out. And so I'm trying to deal with that because I said to her, that's weird. The second time it's happened. And she asked me, she goes, did you said you just got back from vacation? I go, yes. Do you disconnect your, your negative terminal before you go on vacation? I said, no, I do not. Well, you might want to do that because sometimes when cars sit for too long, if you just leave them, then the batteries drain. I'm kind of looking at her sideways like, yeah, on my NSX, because those ECUs are known for just being hungry, if you leave a first-gen NSX off the tender for multiple weeks, like three or four weeks, without starting the car, 
that car, that battery will go dead. So I always have a battery tender on mine. The Infinity, it's just a normal car. There's nothing special about it. I don't have an aftermarket radio. I don't have anything that's producing any sort of a drain. So I'm curious. If you guys have any ideas of what it actually really could be, if we're ruling out the battery, because my wife's like, maybe it's a faulty battery. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. Could be, but I don't know if that's a thing. Alternator checks out, so it's not the alternator. It's not the starter. It's just super weird. Because I could see if the car hadn't moved in a month, maybe. But I just drove the car like a week and a half ago. I don't drive the new car because I don't have it registered in my name yet. Yet. There was this big snafu with the registration and the, the title and whatever. So if you guys have any ideas, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Byron for coming into the studio today. That's Byron Jones. We didn't get around to it, but you can reach him on Instagram at Trey's underscore AMG. So that's T-R-E-I-Z-E underscore AMG. Trey's is named after a Gundam character. I don't know much about Gundam. So that's Trey underscore AMG. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and go tell a friend about it. Then come back next week as each show, I'll try to give you something new. I want to thank our sponsors, Bright Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Higher quality detail out of Tempe, Arizona. Boosterbath.com, fourwheelonline.com, tongue Cell Shop Wireless Services, and Patreon business supporters, Quia Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. Speaking of Patreon, if you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. For example, new coasters in. I'm trying to build a coaster set. Three different coasters are out there. Latest one just came in. Patreons get one for free. Guests sometimes get one if I feel like giving one out. And every once in a while, I'll do a giveaway. But... You get one free if you're a Patreon, and you get other little things free too. You can also support on the Anchor FM link in the episode description, which allows for you to support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can't even buy a drip coffee at any coffee shop for that price. Pick up some show swag at the Teespring store. The link is also in the show description. If you want to reach me, it's hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at na 2 NSX or J Travels. That's J H A E underscore travels. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group, dropping all sorts of fun things there. We do the QA segment. Usually I say, hey guys, you have any questions for the upcoming show? And I don't know, whatever bonus material. The general Facebook is Facebook.com Hard Parking Media. And of course, last but not least, do not forget the YouTube, Hard Parking Media, or Hard Parking Podcast. I'm slacking on content. I try to get something out every week, but it's more like every two and two and a half weeks. I can't help it. I'm too too detail-oriented in trying to make these videos. But at the end of the day, I can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Talk to you next week. Now it's stripping time. Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to BoosterBath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water-controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first-time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. BoosterBath.com are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at tongue treats. TongueTreats.com 
High anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain. Doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue Treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy. Tongue Treats.